Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Chips and Bits podcast. podcast, your favorite video game podcast. I'm your host this month, Matthew Anderson. With me as always, Kenny Myers, the only video game podcast featuring Matthew Anderson and Kenny Myers. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, that, we don't whore ourselves out like those other video game podcasters. We do not. We're back again. Um, also because no Kenny, one invites us. Kenny, how, how are you doing this month? Oh, I'm doing great. Good. I heard a rumor that uh, you got a Steam Deck. I did get a Steam Deck. Yeah? Do you want to yeah. give us a, sh- a short mini review before we jump into a game? Uh, I'm still kind of learning it. It feels really nice to use. It definitely feels like it was designed by the people at Steam, the UI, in that you can do what you need to do, but also it's confusing. But I will say it's the least confusing UI that the Steam designers have ever made. Uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, I'm really loving it. I mean, I was just playing Hitman 3 and just running through like super like because there's all these different types of missions. Like there's the main mission where you like assassinate however you want, but then there's like special objectives you can check off. Uh, and they upgraded Hitman 1 and 2 to run on the 3 engine. And so I've just been sitting and playing like little stupid missions where I like get deadly poison and kill someone with deadly poison to like check off the checklist. Uh, and it's been running great. Like, it, you know, it, it's a high uh, DPI, which means even though it's lower resolution, like it's the density makes things look really nice. I got the matte screen, which, uh, you, I mean, as a matte, I know you're a fan of it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's not as bright. I understand as the, the glossy one, but it's really nice. Like it is very, it's the least reflective surface uh, screen I have in my house, so that's that's saying something. Um, and you've been you've been sitting where while playing Hitman Three? I haven't played it on the toilet. So the Steam Deck's pretty heavy, and I'm still in the new phase with it, and so I don't want to injure it because they're also hard to get. Uh, Got to build up the right muscles. You know, I was never really a pooping gamer. Like I never brought the Switch in to go poop. Uh, I always figured my phone was for that. You know, like yeah, my but- phone, I wouldn't touch it if I were my friends, but. Uh, my my consoles stay out of the out of the bathroom. Um, none of that dirty bathroom stuff with my video games. Yeah. So yeah, this is the Chips and Bits podcast where uh, we we always get right into the poop jokes. Um, yeah, at two forty three. Let me play the theme so we can do other things. Okay, here's our theme. great every time um hey we're happy to have you with us uh before we jump into the game i'm looking at my uh my housekeeping notes we want to let you know you can find us online at chips-and-bits.com we're also on twitter and facebook that one's slightly different it's chips and bits uh our patreon's on hold at the moment while uh, we figure out how we want to evolve uh that community if if we want to the last place you can find us uh, which you may be watching us on right now is youtube You'll have to search for us right now because uh, we need 100 subscribers to get a custom URL for that one. So apparently we don't have 100 subscribers, Kenny. Well, get to it, Matt. 
So if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, do that thing. What do people say? Hit the like. No, hit the subscribe. Smash the subscribe button. Um, I believe it's smash the like button and ring that bell. Well, whatever. You know, whatever the kids say these days. Um, And twist that turtle. (laughs) This this month, we are going to be talking about the game Metroid Dread. Ooh. Metroid Dread. Ooh. The newest Metroid installment on Nintendo Switch. And um, it's going to be fun because typically I take notes. Um, I don't have any of my notes this month because I forgot to take notes for this game. So this is going to be one of those ones that's off the cuff. <laughs> I like that you're like uh, that. It's going to be fun. Like like it was really fun when you had notes. Like like yeah. it was, I mean, more fun. More how fun. could how could it how could it be like less fun than Matt with notes? I guess it's really the question. Um, I want. Uh, I typically like to let Kenny uh, start when I when I'm doing the hosting, but I have a specific thought that I want to get Kenny's feedback on, so I'm going to jump in here right away. All right, and you know, we Metroid is so prolific at this point that it's its own sort of like subgenre of game. You'll, Metroidvania you'll hear things referred to as Metroid, Metroidvania, which is you know the merger of Metroid Castlevania style games. Yeah, and you know they've got some some themes um, and some cliche things now that you can expect from them. Like and what I wanted to start with, and to see if you had the same same take or not, Kenny, was I think it had been so long since I played an act like the actual namesake Metroid game mm-hmm. that I think I forgot how good. Like you just you just think of it as sort of like a funny thing that it's that Metroid describes a genre of game now, but I forgot I think how good Metroid games are at being Metroid games, <laughs> at being Metroid games. Like one of the things I immediately came away with and then lasted throughout the course of playing this game for me was it's kind of no wonder uh, after playing this game, how an entire genre of games sprung up and are trying to mimic this particular formula and recipe for a game, because everything that this game does that's Metroidvania now, descriptive wise, it does it way better than all the other games that have come before and, and, and after it since its inception, like almost to a T. And, and that was really surprising to me, actually, when I played this game. Did you play other M? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Well, that's good. You avoided that disaster. Other M was the last mainline Metroid game that was new, uh, and it was awful. It did everything wrong. Like, everything... Uh, it's like, a, what was that uh, Unreal Engine Metroid-style game that we really liked that was, like, set in modern times? In Shadow uh, Complex? Shadow Complex, yeah. Like, it, it took the wrong lessons from watching, like, Shadow Complex for, like, an hour and made it a Metroid game. It had like a narrative. They took away the Samus's powers were like restricted by the military general, not because of any event. Like he was like holding back her suit's powers. And it was like very like weird, weeby anime, like thing. It was pretty bad. Uh, and then uh, there was Samus returns, which was a remake. I think it was returns on the uh, 3ds, which is, Actually, the same company that made Metroid Dread made this this 3DS game, and it is very good. It is a very good remake. That's where they actually got the pump, the punch uh, uh, combo. But still, the second Metroid game is one of the weaker ones, I feel. So even though they, they did a really good job improving on that foundation, they were still kind of held back a little bit by the, the, the context. It wasn't like that cool one where... Uh, uh, she gets the Metroid suit and there's like viruses and stuff like that. That was a good one. Uh, I love Metroid games and 
and I'm really sad that Metroid games aren't. It's it's amazing how you how you talk about Metroidvanias and like how popular they popular they are to emulate because other Metroidvanias have been way more successful than Metroid itself. Like Metroid is a low selling game in Nintendo's stack, and Dread is the first one to really sell quite a bit. I think it's a it was at three million last time I checked, which is really good for a metroid game they're not usually popular in japan they're popular in the west they're not even very popular in uh, europe from my understanding but it's been pretty much an america american phenomenon um uh and yeah and this developer clearly clearly understands the, the the feedback loop of metroid games like this game was was so enjoyable to play that almost everyone I know who played it the first time went back and went back and started again on hard to just try playing through that again. Like, did you do that? Uh, yeah, only like for a level though. Yeah, like, for I, a little bit. But and, like, you part still... of the reason though is because it's so fucking hard. <laughs> it's so hard. That's but true. Like, how hard is hard? <laughs> It was. It is a. It is a. It is one of the more difficult Metroid games. I mean, minus like anything on the Nintendo, which was just difficult in general. Uh, I yeah. I, I mean, I I love this. Like you and I, you and I have essentially reviewed a large portion of the Metroidvania games, with few exceptions. But I've played most of the ones that we haven't reviewed. But like Welcome Melee, you could argue is a Metroidvania. Like. I mean, it even like has uh, the Chozo statues in a very funny reference. I, I mean, I think I think Guacamole might you know might get the closest to well, Ori. Ori's a lot like it too. Yeah. Ori's good too. Uh, well, so and like Shadow Company, which we didn't one, review, but we both thing, loved. Yeah, no, I, I I really like Shadow Complex. Um, that one. Yeah, the, the thing that sticks out the most to me in this formula is that one thing that is just unanimously present and slash required for sort of like the the mapping and game mechanic is backtracking. You have to do it all the time in Metroidvania games. And, you know, I guess you just, we're, we're so accustomed to playing styles and genres of games where, like, the next game that you play, when you recognize that they've lifted um, inspiration from another title, you typically see that, but then they've added something to it or they tweaked it. And, and ideally, yeah. in games that you've played and you remembered, they've done a better job at it. So I think I've just kind of like blindly become accustomed to playing certain styles of games and just assuming that they're getting better. Um, and, and like I said, you, you play Metroid Dread and, and that's immediately like the first part of the formula that sticks out is that the way that they handle backtracking, you almost don't know you're doing it most of the time. Like, yeah, you feel like you are having so much fun exploring new places, going back through these you know tunnels, learning new skills and being like, oh, I remember this wall that I can bust through. Whereas like even in like a really successful title that we love, like Guacamelee. There were times when you were like, oh, dude, I got to go all the way back over there. And they were like zooming in on the map, trying to find stuff. It was, yeah. like, it was fun. And I, I never did that in Dread. Like, it was almost perfect how they implemented backtracking in this game. Yeah. I mean, there are times in these games where you hit a wall of where to go next. And I, I still think there were some walls in Dread. I specifically remember only one major part where I was like, where the fuck do I go? Like, I have no idea. Which happens a lot in these games, because it is, like, backtracking and stuff. But it, but they open pathways in such a, like... Like, you just kind of knew where to go, but it never felt, like, linear in any way. Uh, you know? And you remembered things a little bit better, and uh, 
And it always felt like it actually was so good at like making you backtrack and go to new areas that I was worried I was going through things way too quickly. Like uh, it just was like, you'd go back, you'd unlock the gate. I'd be like, should I unlock that gate? I might've missed something in the other area. The truth is that you can get access to absolutely everything. Uh, and what this Metroid game did, which you probably didn't experience because you really only know this if you're like, if you look it up and you play again generally or by, by incident, they actually have branching pathways where you can go get a power. Like there's like usually Metroid, it's like you get powers to unlock other powers. And this one, you could go completely through things and like get the morph ball uh, or the bombs uh, well before you get what seems like the linear path uh, to get through this whole boss uh, fight with Kang, Krang. What's the name of the, is it like, uh, and that was new. Like there was, there were points where it wouldn't actually be linear. Like you could go do different things, uh, but it was so tightly designed that you didn't really know that. Um, like you didn't really know that option was available. And I really like that. Um, that the the boss fights were tough, and that one was really tough. But it turns out, if you go and get the bombs uh, by following a different path by doing a little jump trick. Uh, not a hack, not like a cheese or anything. That fight is one of the easiest fights in the game. Yeah, like you get the ball and you get shot into his stomach and then you set off a bunch of bombs and that's the end of the second round. That's it. That, no, that's the death of the boss. Huh, interesting. Yeah. So like there's this whole, like they designed the boss fights in case he went a different path and got a different power up to make it three times as easy. Like, uh, and so there's, there's, there's little, little things like that, that like tease at like, um, they tease at knowledge of like how other games might work, but they never go off the path where you just feel like lost. Like, ah oh man, it, it just was so, it's such a fun thing to play. The one, the most controversial part was the Emmys, uh, the EMMIs. Oh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to bring those up. That like I thought another aspect of this game that again contributed to the difficulty quite significantly. Oh yeah, it's a difficult also, game. Yeah, but also I think contributed to how enjoyable the pathing and backtracking mechanic were. Uh, were these mini bosses um, that were would could one one hit kill you, um, and they you know you would get into these certain areas and everything would change about the area. You'd know that one of these mini bosses, which was basically like this stalking robot that was going to come and get you and like pierce you with a, with a spike. Um, you'd know they were in the area. And as you made noise, you, you'd see these reverberations on the screen from like the steps and the jump jumps that you made. And you couldn't get too close to them and alert them because then they'd come and chase you down. And once they were chasing you, there was, there was no, you weren't looking for things anymore. You were just like, where's the nearest exit? I got to get the fuck out of here now. Yeah. You were running for your life. And it would sometimes they would span rather large areas, and you had to make it through there, ideally stealthily the first time. Uh, find whatever you needed, which was like a, a, a temporary boost to your weapon. It wasn't an upgrade. You had to go and find this power source in each level to supercharge your weapon to destroy one of these mini bosses. And once you did that, the whole tone and way that you navigate that area completely changed because now it's open. You can like relax. You don't have to zoom through it. You'd find stuff that you missed. Uh, so I just thought that was like really well done. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the mini bosses are 
super scary uh, and they're very hard. You know, the, your only chance of survival if you get caught, um, which I thought was just hilariously, like just hilarious how they implemented this. You you could block it. So like the one shot kill that the, the mini boss was going to do, you could block it. Right. You like but par- there's a parry system in this game. Yeah. You only had one chance to block it. And the, tri- the, the spike was going to get triggered somewhere within a second, but random. So like yeah. you couldn't time ever it was always a random time so you yeah. would never get I mean, like you just one out, of, one out of 20 times you would yeah. accidentally hit the parry button at the right time i just thought it was hilarious i thought adding survival horror elements to metroid was genius i thought it was so i thought those creatures were genuine genuinely fright, frightening like your butthole clenches through that whole area you the never it, it's so rare that you survive or even sneak by one of those appearing on screen like like just like the alien and alien isolation it's just like you'd like it's such an intense encounter and you were just trying to get out as quickly as possible from that situation um it is a different pace than the rest of the game which of course is more like exploratory um the combat was actually really enjoyable the weapons are really good i thought they did a really good job with the button mapping actually the controls felt really tight on this game like they felt very responsive. It didn't feel like anything was particularly like straining to reach. And as a result, like, you know, it's always, I think parry mechanics are my favorite mechanics in games. Like it's always fun to have a timing mechanic that gives you such a huge bonus, like parry mechanics. Obviously dark souls has one. Uh, Sekiro, uh, does, does not have one. It does not have one. Um, uh, and then this game has a, and it's just that, like, it, it plays along in boss fights. It adds a whole nother dimension of, like, luck to uh, to things. And, like, getting the timing down is, like, a fun, uh, another level other than just knowing where to shoot on a boss. Um, and I thought that that, added, that adds a lot to the game, actually. It's, it's really, like, the only new, me- like, Metroid mechanic in the game uh, is that parry system, which actually was in the Samus Returns that they made but this is like its first big big debut um i really love that i actually really love the story in this game would you like to speak about the story matt instead of just uh, saying yeah because we're on a podcast before i forget i was going to add on to your control all right we'll talk about the story after you talk about the controls go ahead one thing that a lot of these games that sort of like straddle the fence between side-scrolling platformer and then spatial shooter uh, is the fix your movement button uh, and just the mechanics that come along with that. And typically if, if these games, if the control mechanics break down anywhere, well, that's a quick one. I mean, it like it breaks down there almost immediately. And there's so much in addition to this, can you mention the parry mechanic? There's a sliding and sort of like a jump and dash mechanic that are all integrated um, into the, 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 the battle system and you do have to fix yourself quite a bit if you want to be in the right spot to avoid these attacks and then and then parry a move. And it was like butter. Like I never had an issue with that particular system. And every time I used it, I was like, man, you can do so much yeah. with just like four different movement um, systems just because it seems like they spent so much time making sure that that worked in all scenarios. Um, so that's just more more praise on the on the control scheme. Like the, the fixing your movement was was really easy to use here. Yeah, it was really easy to be precise, which is a lot for the Switch controls. For those fucking D, not the D pads, but the analog sticks on those things. And yeah, I don't, I don't remember remember an awful lot off the top of my head about the story. So I'll have to let you lead, uh, and I'll see what comes back to me. 
Well, essentially, you're chasing an uh, evil bird. One of the oh, Chozo. Yeah. I remember the evil bird. The original Chozos. I think you were made in this lab where you landed, if I recall. Um, this is technically the end of Samus's like the current arc, at least like of Samus's arc. Uh, and it ends very beautifully. I thought, um, when you discover, and this is a big spoiler at the end, like in most Metroid games, you encounter fucking Metroids. Like usually it's like one weird Metroid at the end or some weird hybrid, but the kind of twist at the end of, uh, this game. And again, huge spoiler, uh, is that Samus and like you were the Metroid all along? Like essentially that was it, which is like because of events in previous games. And it was just revealed that like Samus is like this weapon, and you're fighting this very difficult boss at the end. And it just one of the complaints about this game was a, it was the most like misogynistic piece of shit complaint that Sam like I think it was a Polygon article that was like Samus doesn't like emote enough, but Samus I like or like wasn't ex- wasn't expressive enough in this samus's face does so like the animators did so much work you know what she's feeling and she's such a badass i was it was so fucking insulting to read that and i felt like compelled to just follow like you, like the story was 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 just like little drops every every like few hours but it was like it wasn't cheesy it was really interesting it was like bittersweet um and it was just really fun and it and it was rewarded like when you beat bosses and stuff and i like stories like that um and it, it, you know like we can't remember the specific name of the guy or anything like that but um it was like it was it was something beak like big beak or razor yeah, beak i think no. boss beak was his name boss beak, yeah, yeah koopa like beak koopa um it was like but if i remember correctly at first you feel like they're good and you're out kind of like trying to help them destroy something. And then I remember... So well, the, the AI, the AI is like, there's an AI on the planet that you think is trying to help you. But then Beak is, was infected. And so yeah. that turns out bad. But then there's there's something, there was another twist at the end that I just can't remember that had something well, to do Well, the AI with... was Beak the yes. whole time. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. He was just like using her to do stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Beak, whatever his Beak. name is. I'm gonna look it up right now. Oh, what a what a what a what great boss fights in this game! They really made you work for it, but they were so enjoyable. It is it it's Raven Beak X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there you go. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. This was. I hope I feel like it's sold enough that they feel like they need to make another Metroid. I know that they're allegedly have a remastered Prime just sitting there, and there's Metroid Prime Four coming. Um, but I, I just fucking love Metroid and like, you know, I like other M was really disappointing. Uh, but ultimately like every single Metroid game I've ever beaten from the original on the NES to the super NES, like every single one, uh, prime I've actually never beaten. I've gotten 70% of the way through. I've never played the other two either. Uh, but I loved prime, uh, and this one, I was just like, I just love this game. I just love everything about it. The like, the lore is really interesting, but it's not like aggressive. It's just, it's just. And this game was like the the most polished version of that type of game. I think you can make. Yeah, I can't. I I can only agree. I thought it was 
excellent all the way through. Um, so, like again, so many so many things could have cropped up, pacing, you know, blockages, weapons could have sucked, you know, bosses could have sucked. Everything is great, even like the stuff we didn't even allude to. There's some some cool um, like spatial and audio tricks that they do. Um, again, with the with the Emmys, the EMIs. Yeah. Where you know you walk into a room for the first time. I believe time, it's like, EMMI. EMMI. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, like the sound gets dampened, and it's like you're in a like in a dark cave, and it's like you you can hear them like beep, beep, beep like making their sounds far away, and you're like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Just so much stuff to put you in, in you know in the mood they wanted you to be in when you're playing this game. Um, and yeah, I just remember when I was playing it, it was one of those games where, ev- you know, every night, even if I just had like 15 minutes, I kept wanting to pick it up, play it, yeah, not put it down. And you could, even when you were pooping. Yep. Definitely. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, it would, all, play, it would, all, all you chippies should play it. This is a strong recommend from the chips and bits podcast. Super strong. No yeah. caveats, just full blown. Get in there and get those missiles, get all those missile upgrades. Or the bombs with whatever this jump trick is that Kenny's alluding to, which I'm going to have to look up after this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You should look look at the Krang, Krang, I want to say. It's either Kang or Krang. I always mix them up. Which, which one's the... The Turtles one is uh, Krang. Krang so I think it's Kang. Yeah. Kang? Yeah. Krang is Shred. Oh, wait. Isn't there a Star Trek one, too, that's close to that? Uh, well, there's Klingons. Um, it's uh, Kraid. That's what it is. I think Kang is the conqueror. Uh, <laughs> Kang okay. is the conqueror, the newest case. villain in the uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Then there's uh, Krang, the Shredder, uh, Shredder's ally in Dimension X, and then of course Kraid, the giant monster who I was referring to earlier with the belly trick. But yeah, this is a strong yeah. recommend. This is like a very rare thing. There's no Matt caveats or Kenny just just hating every moment of it. This is a solid game that everyone should play. Definitely. And with that, we'll close this podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next month with, I think solar ash. Is that what we're doing next month? Oh God. Solar ash. Uh, you know, come, come listen to that one too. I won't, we won't give anything away. Um, but yeah, I've been your host this month, Matthew Anderson. Other side of the mic is Kenny Myers. And thanks as always. We love you. And uh, we'll see you again next month. Maybe.